to the SaaS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution, courtesy of Sascribe Media. I'm your host, Alex Humer, and uh, my guest today doesn't really need a, a, a long introduction, uh, although if, uh, if you know what he's done, he's uh, achieved a hell of a lot within the, uh, the, the SaaS uh, space uh, over the uh, well, last seven to ten years or so. Um, but he's uh, a customer success evangelist that's uh, a gain site and uh, a growth hacker at 16 Ventures. Um, and he's one of the, the leading influencers and foremost experts on, on SaaS, I think, that's out there today. So welcome to the show, uh, Lincoln Murphy. Oh, awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's a it's a real pleasure, real pleasure to speak to you. So uh, this, in fact, will be the, uh, the the final podcast of 2015. So uh, you know, saving the best to last here, Lincoln. Uh, finish strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, uh, yeah, to, you know, today I I thought about you know because we we could talk about so much. I mean, effectively, you know, customer success, SaaS business models, pricing, whatever you name it, that you, you you're pretty much. Uh, um, you know, a subject matter expert on, on all of these elements. But uh, I've, I've chosen um, to talk about, you know, the, what are the cornerstones of building uh, an engine uh, of growth? And I think, uh, you know, you know a thing or two about building an efficient engine of growth and more, more than I. Um, and uh, I think, you know, most of our listeners would be super interested in this. And so I figure you're the guy who will be able to help provide the insight. So you, uh, you call cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent, excellent. All right. So how we'll play this, uh, I suggest, you, you know, is um, that I'll, I'll give you some cornerstones. The, you know, these are my suggestions. I'm not necessarily, you know, the, the, the world's you know, foremost uh, expert or certainly not. And maybe you'll agree with some of them. Maybe not. So hopefully at the end, you know, we'll have a formula you know, that we both agree on. Sound good? Sounds great. Okay, cool. So the, the, the first one, um, if you get the product right, the rest will follow. Do you agree? Yeah. No. No. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I think these are the these. Are, this is like the age old uh, idea of. It's why people can look at you know Microsoft and I, I always look at Microsoft as probably the the one example that as I was coming up uh, and, and over the years, you know everybody would say Microsoft products are are, are not that great um, or you know they're well this, from a usability standpoint maybe they don't have the right they don't have all the features you need whatever. But then you look at Microsoft as a company, and now we could probably extrapolate that out into all sorts of different companies. But the reality is Microsoft was really good at marketing, mm -hmm. and Microsoft was great at building partnerships and building distribution channels and getting in front of their, their appropriate audience. And that's how they became Microsoft. That's how they dominated the business world, right? Mm -hmm. and, and again, we could extrapolate that out into, into lots of other examples, but the, the point is, if you, just because you, know, you have the greatest product out there, if you're not great at marketing it and getting it in front of the right people it doesn't matter so you know if you if you build it they will not come you know you have to you have to do everything else a great product today though i would say is table stakes you have to have that just to get in you have to you know it, it has to be a product that I, I i would actually take a step back and say it doesn't even have to be great it has to be appropriate for your audience mm -hmm. right it has to be great in the context of the the audience that you're selling to and so as long as it's, it does that, now you can actually play the game. Mm -hmm. If you don't even have a great product today, you're not, you're not going to go anywhere. I think Microsoft, that example, is maybe not so great for today because it's, it's actually relatively uh, easy or easier than it has been ever and will only get easier to make a great product, mm -hmm. right? To make a product that has a modern look and feel, that has a great uh, flow, 
and and because you have access to customer information and customers uh, in in ways you never have before, your product should also be great from a customer experience standpoint. Mm -hmm. So all of that gets you in the game. Mm -hmm. Now you have to go out and, and, and build this engine of growth. Uh, and some of that can be built into the product, and hopefully we'll talk about that as well. But the product itself, man, it's, it's everybody can have a great product. Yeah. Now how do, we, how do we take it to the next level? Okay, okay. And so then um, so we, we'll throw out, uh, you know, just having a, a great product on its own. Um, but uh, as you say, you know, much more than that. And, uh, you know, we need the right marketing strategy. And, um, you know, let's talk about some of the other things that we uh, might need in that. So what about, um, you know, having a, a growth process rather than growth tactics? Um, you know, would you think that is important within this uh, engine of, uh, of growth uh, itself? Yeah, I mean, you know, tactics are what you, what you actually end up doing um, on the ground, mm -hmm. but if those tactics aren't coming from or, or aren't within a larger strategy, then you know you're just kind of flailing around and, and and probably hoping stuff works. You know, throwing stuff at the wall, seeing if it sticks, um, and and hope is not a strategy. Mm -hmm. Just just trying to figure out, you know, the if, how how can you even know if if this tactic you know, if it even moved the needle in the right direction if you don't have this bigger picture of where you're going. So I think you, what you have, you can call it a growth strategy. You can just call it a strategy. You know, if we're in, in business, we're, we're probably trying to grow. I've always thought, found it funny um, in, the, in the growth hacking world, they say a growth hacker's, you know, direction is true north or whatever. It's like, well, isn't everybody's? I mean, aren't we all trying to grow? Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that, that what, you know, that, that we... we need to have a specific growth mindset. It's just that we need to have a, a strategy around that. We all want to grow. We all want to grow as fast as possible. I think, I mean, maybe there's, there's some people that don't, but you know, we want to, we want to know. And so we want to lay it out. Where do we want to be in six months, a year, two years, five years, but, and then we want to figure out the strategies and or the tactics to, to achieve that. But we also have to be clear that what we want to do in six months or in a year or two or five years, may change based on what we discover in these initial phases as we're um, implementing the tactics to carry out these strategies. So we have to be okay with, with learning from these, from these tactical um, parts of the, of the strategy and then, and then sort of refactoring and saying, well, gosh, I thought we'd be here. I thought this is where we might want to be in, in a year, but we've learned this. We can actually be even further in a year or we're going to have to change course if we want to actually hit that one-year goal, mm -hmm. right? And so, so we need to we need to look at it as it's, a, it's an ever-evolving and living thing. It's there's never going to be a set it and forget it sort of situation in in business at all, honestly. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And so as we move into, uh, I guess marketing being uh, you know a a key element of the the growth engine, as I understand, right? And as I say, you know, always feel feel free to disagree. But uh, as part of that, you know, the I guess, uh, you know, we can break down marketing and, uh, you know, having a great inbound marketing strategy, you, you know, I believe is crucial from the get-go. You know, is, is content still king? Is, you know, is inbound marketing, you know, one of the, the cornerstones of uh, having a growth engine? I think inbound marketing, so let's, let's sort of, the, the way that I would look at it is there's, there's going to be some companies that have the ability to be uh, for, for, their content to be a first touch 
place with the customer based on um, sort of search engine marketing and that kind of thing. And that's what we would maybe refer to as inbound marketing. So in other words, your, your content becomes discoverable and, and there's enough search activity around that, around what your content is ranking for um, that, that there's going to be you know, a large number of, of prospects are going to find you because you're simply out there ranking. And I don't say, I say simply, meaning that that's just one tactic, not necessarily that it's simple to rank, especially in competitive uh, markets. Um, everything else, so outside of that, when you start getting into using content to get in front of your audience, would you consider uh, placing an ad on Facebook that sends you to a relevant blog post and he heavily targeting that ad to a very specific audience, would you consider that inbound marketing? Mm. Um, I don't know. Not, not really. Not right. really. I mean, and, and, and I, don't, I just think, you know, from a, um, I think that's where we need to be, get really clear, mm. right? So if we're talking about inbound marketing as really this, this having your content be discovered primarily through Google search, because mm. really that's all that matters, um, then I think it's a very narrow scope of companies that are going to find success just doing that. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to have to be something where there's a large search volume and, and you are able to competitively rank your organic content. Mm -hmm. um, anything else is just advertising. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're talking about paying for placement to get people to your content, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, if there's not a lot of search volume, um, that's and, and you still want to use content uh, to get to get the attention of your customer or your, of your prospects and get them to become customers. That's you're probably going to need to go out and actually heavily promote your 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 content, and that's either going to be promotion through it could be through free channels through mm -hmm. you know posting on relevant um, aggregation sites. You know, um, if you're selling to startups, you want to be on on Hacker News or Growth Hackers or or Inbound.org or whatever. Um, if, you know, if you're selling to a specific type of company, you want to be on the thing that is like that, but for that type of company, um, or, you know, you want to pay to place ads on, you know, whether it's search engines or on Facebook or, or whatever. So now we're talking about something different, which is finding where your audience is and paying to, to be in front of them. Um, so that's how you could use content there. And then, and then there's even, even going a little bit further outside of, what I would think would be traditional inbound marketing and doing direct outreach via email, mm -hmm. cold email outreach, but maybe using your content as a reason or as a catalyst uh, to do that outreach, right? Or, or just doing the, the, the cold outreach where you send an email and try to start a conversation, but having content on your website, maybe mentioning your website in your typical email uh, signature so that when they, when they go to your website to try to see who this, who this, uh, joker is that just emailed them. They'll they'll find your blog. They'll see the content. The content will be relevant to them. All of a sudden, they 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 start to know, like, and trust you, and they go back to the email and they respond to you because of the content. Mm -hmm. You didn't even mention the content in the email necessarily. You didn't send them a link directly to a blog post, but in their research of you, they they found or maybe they just Googled you and Googled your your company name. They didn't even go directly to your blog. So there's lots of different ways to think about. Um, content as part of your marketing engine, but I, I, I always kind of try to break it down like that because I, I want to 
be clear that it's, you know, unless there's a lot of search volume, unless people are searching for what you're writing about, um, that may not be the most appropriate channel to just kind of sit back and wait for people to come uh, to your to your content. It's just like the product uh, discussion earlier, right? If if you build it, they won't necessarily come. Mm -hmm. If you if you write an amazing blog post, it doesn't mean people are going to read it. Mm -hmm. You have to go out and promote it. No, abso absolutely agree with you uh, uh, um, on that. You know very much so. And so, uh, you know, as we sort of talk about marketing, you, you know, two more parts of perhaps you know the marketing growth engine. Um, one, you know, telling a great sort of product story. Uh, and to um, you know, product marketing itself, and you know, killing it at product marketing. Um, you know, would you believe that, uh, or you know, they're parts of this? Uh, you know, building a, a growth engine for a, for a SaaS startup. Yeah. Um, would Would you define product marketing versus other kinds of marketing? Yeah, 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 sure. So, uh, I guess kind of product marketing, um, you, you know, could sort of involve, uh, I, I guess, even things like, um, you, you know, adding a, a Chrome sort of extension, um, you, you know, to, uh, for, you know, for your product. Uh, let's say, for instance, I'm using uh, CoSchedule on my WordPress blog. Um, you know, and now they have a Chrome extension that I would, you know, define that as product marketing because then that will, you know, hopefully uh, then, you know, help sort of, you know, grow their, sure. their, their company. So I'm looking at it from, from that perspective. Okay, I like that. Um, and I think, I think that may differ from other people's definition, mm. although I happen to really, I, I, I think that's really cool. I mean, and, and that's one of those things where I think the definition of product marketing can, can be that. I think some people might consider it literally there's a demarcation between brand marketing and talking about your product mm -hmm. um, or, you know, product marketing people are the folks that maybe are the, um, the liaison between uh, br the brand marketing side of things and the product folks. And they try to figure out, um, you know, these are the things that we need to have in our product. So they're going to, they kind of work with product managers um, to, to feedback into the product. And then also to say, okay, here's our new releases. Here's what's coming out in the next release, you know, and then they take that back to marketing and try to, try to build buzz around this new feature or whatever. So it, it kind of runs the gamut. Um, I'm sure that there are some technical definitions of it, but in my experience, product marketing is just another one of those things that's not entirely clear. Mm -hmm. But I think the bigger question is, you know, how do we, how does, how does all of this work together? And um, The way that I see it is the product, and, and if you go back to some of the original marketing definitions like the four Ps, um, you know, product is actually one of the four P's of marketing. So, you know, price, place, mm -hmm. promotion, I don't know what it is, but product is one of those. Um, and, and I've always, because that's, that's one of the first things I learned about marketing, I've always stuck to that, not because I think I, I like to stick to definitions of, of really old, uh, or, or really old definitions of things, but to me, product is marketing. If if you really do it right, so we said, you know, said earlier, product in and of itself isn't going to do uh, isn't going to do enough to get people in the door. So you have to do other things around it. But you have to have a product that is good, um, that in a way that's relevant to your audience, which means you have to understand your audience. Which you know, then it makes sense that it's part of marketing. So the product itself needs to needs to be great in an appropriate way. 
Um, and then the product itself should hopefully facilitate um, other use. So this is this is where you really get into, I think, leveraging the product uh, as a growth as part of your growth engine. You really start to get into that potential for exponential growth. Um, and and this is a, this is something that can work in both certainly in the B two C world, but in the B two B world uh, where you often hear that virality doesn't doesn't work. Um, and I think that that's not true. I think it's in the B two B world things can go viral. Maybe just not like you would see a cat falling off of a chair on YouTube. Maybe it doesn't go viral like that, but it can still be something that if you've built your product right, you can spread internally. So you get sort of that land and expand thing going on and it can spread beyond the, the four walls or the four virtual walls of the company. And you look at something like Slack as a great example of that. Uh, Slack is, is doing a phenomenal job at both internal expansion within within companies and then and then crossing those boundaries and and you know by by not having by not putting a a barrier to inviting people outside of your organization into your into your different channels i think that's um that's brilliant and and so we need to think of the product and we need to figure out how can our product sort of fit into the workflow of our uh of our of our customers um who do our customers and the different users within within the customer organization, who do they who do they interact with, and both internally and externally, and how can we sort of inject our product into those processes so that that we become a part of those interactions? Mm-hmm. And and if you start looking at things like that, there's a lot of opportunities for lots of different products to take advantage of that type of situation. And at that point, you know, the product is doing the marketing for you but because you designed it to do it that way right it's not it's not going to just this is stuff isn't going to happen organically mm-hmm. you know but if you designed it in a way to sort of help itself spread so and then there's then there's additional sort of external tools or there's you know like maybe a chrome extension maybe that doesn't maybe that doesn't create new distribution channels although it might because it's now going to go in the chrome store and you're going to be in front of an, an audience that Maybe you wouldn't have been before, and and they might discover your product. But maybe that that doesn't maybe it doesn't um, increase distribution, but it increases stickiness of your product. Mm-hmm. But then there's things like you look at HubSpot, um, and they they are probably one of the best at creating um, additional tools that are sort of adjacent to their core product, mm-hmm. and those are for distribution. Those absolutely are things that get people in the front door. Things like Sidekick and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. Things like that which really move them like a, a few steps ahead uh, of where they were. And then, they, you know, they had their other, over the years, they've had their different website grader products and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, which were very close to their core product, which were really very thinly veiled lead generation. But you have something like Sidekick, which really feels like it's just a, a whole new product. But then, of course, that, that feeds into their CRM ambitions. Um, and, and, but that's great. You know they're they're putting out products um, and, and and people are, are finding their products and I say finding them they're they're putting their products out in front of other people they're they're they, they're good at distribution obviously but those products are a foot in the door in in places where maybe their their core inbound marketing tool wasn't going to get you know that, that wasn't going to work mm-hmm. but now they create this other tool that gets them in and it's adjacent to their their core product so there's there's different ways to think about that too. 
Um, and bottom line is we need to know who our, our ideal customers are and we need to figure out how to get in front of them and whether that's going to be a tool, whether that's going to be a cold outreach email, whether that's going to be content that's appropriate for them. Whatever that is, we need to, we need to understand though, we need to start off with a very clear definition of who we're trying to do business with. Mm -hmm. I think most of the time that's where, that's where people kind of go wrong. You know, they try to come up with the tactics first. They try to come up with, um, or they take what they have and they try to match the appropriate tactics to to maybe their expertise or their you know their experience, and and that doesn't always work. You know, if I'm really good at, at, at AdWords, um, I'm I may be biased to just use AdWords to launch my product, when in fact that may not be the most appropriate channel for my audience, mm -hmm. right? But but I'm I'm biased, so I'm going to go there, and that's 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 not good. So I say start with the audience, know who you're targeting, and then figure out where they are. Figure out what their what their activity looks like, um, and and try to inject yourself into into their world. Get in front of them. Okay, it's hard to put it the other way. Yeah, awesome. And and so we we, we talked, I guess, from the the marketing perspective there, um, you know, of, of the growth engine. But I, I guess what uh, maybe a lot of uh, founders um, you know don't really uh, sort of think of first and foremost when they're thinking about growth. Um, and perhaps something that, well, I think is, you know, sort of close to your heart is obviously customer success that, you, you know, the, the growth engine, you know, is more than, you know, from the, the customer acquis uh, acquisition side of things. Um, and that customer success and customer nurture, um, you know, is, is actually an important part of the growth engine. I, I guess, um, you know, I don't know if this is a leading question, but would you, uh, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so customer success for anybody that, that doesn't, uh, isn't familiar with it, uh, the way I define it is um, it's it's when your customers achieve their desired outcome through the interactions with your company. Mm -hmm. So their desired outcome is, is kind of twofold. One, it's it's the uh, the required outcome, which is the job to be done, the thing that they they need to do, and and they're going to choose your product. But that 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 thing could also be done with another product, with something maybe open source, they could roll their own, they could hire somebody to do it. You know, it can be done in lots of different ways, but they're choosing your product because of the other part of the desired outcome, which is appropriate experience. So this goes back to what I said earlier. You know, we want to build a product that, that gives the appropriate experience to the customer. We want to build a company that gives the appropriate experience to the, cu to the customer. Um, and appropriate is the key word there because it's it's appropriate. It doesn't have to be great. I mean, if you're selling to early stage startups or to developers, maybe you can just have an API and some really lightweight documentation. That's cool. If you're selling to the enterprise, you probably need a full-blown um, graphical user interface. You need 24-7 uh, support. You need SLAs. You need all this other stuff, right? So whatever that experience is, it has to be appropriate for your audience. Um, and if we understand that that, that makes up the desired outcome, required outcome plus appropriate experience, and customer success is about getting the customer to achieve that desired outcome, then it seems to me that customer success really fits in across the entire customer lifecycle. It's not just this thing that happens post-sale. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just a, a department within the organization. It's really a mindset. It's a way of thinking about this. And we see startups now coming up from the very beginning with customer success sort of built into their their DNA or customer success, you could say, is their purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you are making your customer successful, in other words, if you're helping your customers achieve their desired outcome, and and you're talking about their desired outcome in in your marketing and in your sales outreach, 
and, and you're, you're setting them up for that success and letting them know what it's going to take to get there um, when they, when, you know, once they become a customer and during their onboarding. And then over the course of their life cycle, you continue to help them achieve that ever-evolving desired outcome. And you recognize as they're on their, on their way towards their desired outcome at different success milestones, you recognize that this success milestone that they just achieved, you know, the next thing that's mo the most logical step for them would be to buy this add-on or bring in other people from their organization. Now you're going to expand their account and you're going to do it logically. Um, at some point, they're going to become, they're going to hit a success milestone where it makes sense to ask them to become an advocate for you. Um, all of this stuff, all this way of thinking is, you know, this account expansion, keeping, keeping your customers for a long time, getting them to buy more, getting them to be an advocate for you. That's great. But if you don't just focus on their success, none of that stuff really ever happens. At least it doesn't happen at scale. It doesn't happen um, in, a, in a way that's, that's repeatable and something we can count on. So we want to make sure that our customers are achieving their desired outcome. And once we do that, and we're really focused on that, retention will, will be there. They will stick around. They will buy more especially if we're, if we're asking them to buy more at the most appropriate times. And they will become an advocate for you. They will um, give you positive reviews on, on review sites. They will um, spread the word you know, organically, word of mouth. They will uh, become a, a use case or a case study for you or you know, give you a, you know, literally talk to a prospect on your behalf. But they won't do that if they're not achieving their desired outcome. Right? Customers that don't achieve their desired outcome rarely become advocates for you, mm -hmm. only reluctantly buy more while they look for another solution and probably are the ones that are churning out. You know, on the flip side, if they're achieving their desired outcome, customers tend to not leave, right? I mean, that, unless, unless something catastrophic has happened on their end. But, um, you know, they go out of business or, or whatever. Um, so focusing on customer success really is a, a, um, a, customer, a whole life cycle thing. And I'll tell you a little trick if you understand what the desired outcome is of the customer, mm -hmm. that's the thing that, so it, back, back in the early 1900s, um, this guy wrote this book. He was a marketer in the late 1800s, um, and, and he wrote this book, and um, he, he said something that just really stuck with me. I, I read this book probably 10 years ago. Um, he said, enter the conversation already taking place in the customer's mind, and um, to me, this was one of the most profound, um, profound statements uh, that I'd ever, I'd ever heard. Enter the conversation already taking place in the customer's mind. Now, he said this. He wrote this book in, um, in 1937. His name is Robert Collier. Mm -hmm. He was talking about when he was a marketer in the late 1800s, and he wanted to cut through all the noise. In the late 1800s, he wanted to cut through all the noise. Imagine how... how <laughs> how applicable this is today. Yeah. So he figured, look, I need to just, I need to enter that conversation that's already going on in the customer's mind. If I can do that, um, and the, one of the examples was, you know, if somebody just bought some gold, uh, well, like some gold coins, right? If you sold them, if you, if you knew that and you could talk to them about security, right, and try to sell them a safe, mm -hmm. right? That was, that was one of the examples that, uh, from back then. But what I say is, is this, if, if we know that customer success is, is really having them achieve that desired outcome, then we can probably infer that the desired outcome is that conversation, is the topic of the conversation going on in their mind. 
So if we can sort of, instead of talking about our product and our, our functions and our features and all of that, if we can speak to their desired outcome, then we are going to be entering that conversation that's already going on in their mind. And we can do that in our marketing copy. We can do that in the emails we send out, in the ads we place on Facebook, in the blog posts we write, whatever that is. Now you're going to sort of short circuit your way to becoming a trusted source for them because you're talking about what their desired outcome is mm -hmm. rather than talking about, you know, hey, buy our CRM product. So anyway, that's, that's the way that I, I like to look at customer success, how it fits into the marketing side of things. Yeah, no, no, no absolutely. So, and and I, I think, you know, sort of based on that, um, definitely, you know, we're, we're keeping sort of customer success in that, in that formula. Um, uh, and, and therefore, I think, you know, as we, we come to the end of the, uh, uh, the show, if we, uh, or I'll, I'll try and, let's say, summarize what this, uh, this formula could be and then, um, perhaps you can uh, uh, agree or, you know, give me your own version of, um, you know, what the formula would be. But I'm going to go from based on what we've spoken about, that um, uh, identifying your audience or your ideal customer profile uh, plus process plus marketing. And I'll, and I'll say great marketing, which would include, you know, depending on, you know, the SaaS company, you know, inbounds, you know, telling a great product story, you know, having great product marketing, um, uh, and then customer success, and uh, this equals the the growth engine. Would you feel that's a, a good formula for a SaaS startup, uh, or do you have another? No, uh, I, I love it. I love it. Okay, I think that works. I mean, I, I think um, it's you know, there's no magic formula, mm. but that's but that sounds like one that's getting pretty close to it. Okay. Of course, that magic formula requires a lot of work. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's not it's not as easy as that, and. Uh, uh, and I guess what works for one company won't also work for uh, another company, right? But there will be variations uh, of that. But um, of course. Uh, so I, th I think on uh, on that basis, we'll we'll keep that version of the uh, the, the formula in as uh, uh, as the outcome, uh, as a as a nice sort of framework. And um, you know, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show, Lincoln. Um, you know, been uh, looking forward to uh, having you as a uh, as a guest for a long time. So uh, you, you know, we saved a, a great one to the end of the year. Um, so thanks very much uh, for, for joining. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's uh, you, awesome. You, you're, you're welcome. And uh, for those listening at home, if you liked uh, uh, this uh, episode of the show, we'd really appreciate it if you rated and reviewed it on, uh, on iTunes. And we'll, uh, we'll see you in 2016.